Minus 15. Respect all, fear none. Into the upper deck. Intensity is not a perfume. Hello, Utah Street! Five, four, three, two, one. From inside the warehouse at Oriole Park at Camden Yards, it is the Masson All Access Podcast. Paul Mancano, Brendan Mortensen, and Tim Leonard here for part two of the All Earl Weaver Draft. We have, as you can see, for those who are watching on YouTube and Facebook, we have completed the first seven rounds of this draft. And today we are going to be doing rounds eight through 15 of this draft. Now, a quick recap before we get into the weeds here. Doing this sort of as a way to honor the Earl Weaver era teams and Earl Weaver himself, great manager, best or best manager in Orioles history, 1980, 1968 to 1986. A couple years off there as he retired and some partial seasons. But for the purpose of this draft, we're going to be including the production that these players put up during that time frame. And Brendan, let's get into the rules before we begin round eight of this draft, and then we'll go through uh, the rosters that we have currently constructed. Yeah, quick recap of the rules here. Only a player's stats between 1968 and 1986 count, like you mentioned. That's under Earl Weaver. Only a player's stats with the Orioles count. So if he was great with another team under that era, doesn't count. We're only counting his production in Baltimore. The length of stay counts, so we are factoring in how many games a player played with the Orioles under Earl Weaver. That might add to their production. The player has to have played the position that we are drafting them for. We are putting them in actual lineups, in actual defensive positions, but you can draft any hitter to be your designated hitter. It's a snake draft, and we have not traded any of the picks. And like I said, our rosters will include a starter from every position around the diamond, four starting pitchers, and two relief pitchers. All right. Let's get into the rosters that we have so far. I will begin because I had the number one overall pick, and I took Jim Palmer, who is currently my ace, I took Boog Powell at first base. I have Davey Johnson at second base. Rich Dowers, my third baseman. Bobby Gritch is at shortstop. And then in the outfield, I have Merv Rettenmund in center and Frank Robinson in right. Brendan, you took Eddie Murray with your second overall pick. What does the rest of your, your roster look like? Yeah, catching, I've got Rick Dempsey. Like you mentioned, Eddie Murray is holding down first base. Don Buford, my starting second baseman. Mark Belanger, the great defensive shortstop. Al Bumbry in center field, Ken Singleton in right, and then Dave McNally, the ace of my rotation. Tim, how about yours? And, yeah, for me, I started off by taking Cal Ripken Jr. at shortstop, then Brooks Robinson at third base. My other infielder right now is Doug DeSensei. He is my first baseman. In the outfield, I have in left field Gary Renicky, and in center field, Paul Blair was one of my early selections. And I have two starting pitchers at the moment. Mike Cuellar and Scott McGregor are my starting pitchers. All right. And Tim, you will begin the eighth round of this draft. And how would you like to begin it? You have two starting pitchers. You're missing a catcher, a second baseman, right fielder, DH, and nobody has taken a reliever yet. But which position would you like to target here? Well, I do already have two starting pitchers, but for those that listen to part one, they might remember that I did not get maybe a quote unquote ace to the degree that you guys did, especially you, Paul, by getting Jim Palmer. So I'm going to continue to round out my starting rotation here. 
After a lot of thought, I'm going to take Mike Flanagan as my next selection. I think he's the best available player here. It also is sort of a position of need for me at starting pitcher. He's a guy that won a Cy Young in 1979 when he went 23-9 and in that season. He was also sixth in the MVP voting and was a big part of the World Series appearance in that 1979 season. Was with the Orioles for 12 seasons in the time period that we're counting here and was really pretty steady throughout. All-star in 1978 as well, so I'm happy with him as my third pitcher in my starting rotation. Somebody who stayed around the organization was... Pretty much, you know, didn't spend his entire playing career as an Oriole, but was an Oriole lifer, so to speak. Became an Orioles executive and a broadcaster, and unfortunately, tragically passed away in 2011. Um, and I know a lot of Orioles fans across generations have connections to Mike Flanagan. Whether they watched him play, knew him as a broadcaster, knew him as an executive, um, and I know a lot of uh, Orioles players, former players, people in the front office, fans felt a a good connection with him. So I never met Mike Flanagan, but I've heard only good things about the man that he was um, and uh, a great player as well, Tim. So a, a great pick here. All right, Brendan, you are next up here. Who's your next pick? Yeah. So with this pick, I think it really came down to the fact that I'm not going to win at starting pitcher. That's not going to be my positional advantage. Paul, you have the ace of the draft and Tim has three very good starting pitchers. So I can either get my second guy, who is pretty good and, and will still give me good production as the second pitcher in my rotation, or I can try to get a larger positional advantage somewhere else, which is actually the route that I think I'm going to go. And I'm going to take Don Baylor to round out my outfield. I don't think he is the he might be the best player available. I think he's up there on my big board at this point. And Don Baylor, of course, more well-known for his time with the Angels, where he won an MVP, but still had a very good, albeit short stint, with the Orioles under the Earl Weaver era. He had a really good four seasons where he was productive. Now, I don't have the best defensive outfield with putting Don Baylor at left field, but he was used all over the place. He's really versatile. He played a little bit of left, center, right. He even played first base and occasionally around the infield. So Don Baylor is going to be my pick here to try to get a positional advantage in the outfield. If I'm going to be able to win a position somewhere, I think it's there. I like that pick. And I think that uh, you're leaving yourself a little bit exposed at pitcher, but uh, I do like that pick. What would you think there, Tim? Good pick. He was very close to being the next up on my big board there. And we're also, I believe, Paul, you're still looking for an outfielder as well. So it feels like, that was a guy that was going to go in the next couple of picks if Brendan didn't take him. Yeah. So interestingly enough, uh, Don Baylor was traded to Oakland and won in, uh, the AL MVP in California in 1979 and then went on to be a manager uh, with Colorado and Chicago in the 1990s. But you know who he was traded to Oakland for, guys? My next Don't pick? Don't say I do, Paul. Uh, Reggie Jackson. Is going to be my pick here wow. in the eighth round. And I know you're only getting one season of Reggie Jackson. And I know he doesn't have an Orioles cap on his Hall of Fame plaque. However, he put up 5.3 baseball reference war. Now, he did hold out at the start of this season for more money. And then he did, you know, sign with the Yankees after the season ended. But he led the Orioles in home runs, slugging percentage, and OPS 
1975, the only season where he was an Oriole. So Reggie Jackson, I'm taking a Hall of Famer, folks, with my eighth round pick here. And I know Brendan is shocked and appalled. Uh, not shocked. Uh, more disappointed, I think, Paul. <laughs> Just I'm playing the social media game. It's mm-hmm. sad to see, but, you know, Reggie Jackson, like you said, still was incredibly productive. And if you are looking only at peak production, then Reggie Jackson was the best player available. But he plays 134 games in an Orioles uniform, uh, which is not a lot, Tim. No, it's not. But, you know, I figured Paul was going to take him. I just didn't know when. And I figured someone was going to, quote unquote, reach for him. And it may have been a little bit of a reach, Paul, considering production and if you're going off war. But look, he is Reggie Jackson. And I probably was going to take him in one of the coming rounds if you didn't take him. So I guess it's a good pick. Now, Reggie Jackson, when he was with the Orioles, didn't play any left field. So I can't really stick him in at left. What I could do is move Frank Robinson over to left and put... Reggie in right, but I want to keep Frank in right. So for right now, purposes of this, I'm going to put Reggie as my DH, just so just for full transparency here. But I can, as as with anything, we can move these guys around depending on the positions that they played with the Orioles. So Reggie Jackson is going to be my DH for now. And that leaves me with the next pick here. And honestly, I feel pretty good about the team that I have on the field in terms of the lineup. I mean, the only spots that I'm missing are catcher and left field. And so... I'm going to go ahead and take the opportunity that Brendan gave me. And I'm going to take a pitcher with my next pick. And I'm going to take Mike Boddicker. 1980 to 1988, he spent as an Oriole. 12.5 war. He's the last Orioles pitcher to win 20 games in a season. That was in 1984. His Fosh ball, which was a curveball changeup mix-up. And he was traded for Brady Anderson in 1988, which ended an eight-year stretch during which he was an all-star once and was a very, very good starting pitcher. And I'm going to stick him right behind Jim Palmer in my rotation. Brendan, I'm sorry I had to take the next pitcher there, but he was the next guy on my board, and there was a large gap between Mike Boddicker and the other guys on this list, Brendan. Yeah, Mike Boddicker was the best pitcher available. I think you and I differ where I do not have as large of a gap between Boddicker and the next best guy, where Boddicker had better peak production, like you said, The next best guy was just a half a point behind him in baseball reference war for a starting pitcher, and I knew that you weren't going to take both of them. So my pick here, I mean, what an opportunity to take by far the best name in the (laughs) Earl Weaver era and the best name available in this draft. It's going to be Storm Davis as my second starting pitcher. I mean, I I don't even need to read the stats His name is Storm Davis. I mean, come on. That's unbelievable. But Storm Davis, in his time in Baltimore, he had five seasons where he was consistently pretty good. He had an ERA around three and a half in four of those five years and is a pretty solid number two for me. So I'm not that disappointed with the drop-off from Boddicker to Storm Davis, especially when you are taking in the literal name value. If we, if we're doing an all, which we might at some point, we're going to run out of drafts. If we're doing an all Orioles name drafts, Storm Davis would be a first round pick. Uh, oh, absolutely. 82, doubt. 82 to 86 in an Orioles uniform. And then he came back for one season in 1992, but we're not counting this because it wasn't under Earl Weaver. Seventh round pick from 1979. He was traded to the Padres for Terry Kennedy and Mark Williamson. 
But during that time frame from 82 to 86, as you mentioned, that 3.65 ERA in 154 games, very good for Storm Davis. Tim, you have back-to-back picks here. You have three starting pitchers now. Brendan and I both have two. No relievers yet off the board, but Tim, you do have a hole at catcher, second base, right field, and DH. So are you going back to the pitcher well, or are you going with another position player? I got to go position player, and I think that's because, Paul, me and you are pretty aligned on what we need here. So if I don't take a position player, I feel like you're going to reach for either an outfielder, maybe a catcher, maybe take away a potential player that I was eyeing. So I've already got Gary Renicky. I'm going to get the guy that he platooned with and John Lowenstein, who was a really solid player. And I think it's pretty cool that in the all Earl Weaver draft, they end up on my fictional roster together and they stay on the same team. His numbers were overall pretty good. And despite maybe not being a total platoon, he didn't play in a ton of games, maybe as compared to the rest of the guys that are available in this spot. But still, you look at like his 1982 season, his OPS is a little over 1.0. His OPS plus is 194. He had 24 homers in 122 games. So because I really need an outfielder, I'm going to go with him. Yeah, I mean, that 1982 season, which he had 320, had 24 homers, was absolutely incredible. He was more versatile later on in his career with Cleveland, uh, but he did play back and forth between left and right, and they were platooned, as you mentioned. Uh, But I'm assuming you're going to stick him in right field with Renneke Manning uh, left field right now, Tim? Yep. All right. Yep, that's what I'll do. Uh, Yeah, I think that's a good pick there as well. Was an Orioles broadcaster after he retired uh, and, and a fan favorite as well. Uh, And now you have another pick after this. Where are you going? I am totally torn on this next (laughs) selection here. There are just a number of different ways I could go. I could dip into the relievers. I don't really know when we're going to start that. So I I don't want to be the guy that jumps off that ledge first and maybe does that a little bit too early. I could go back to starting pitcher maybe and just totally wrap up a huge advantage there in the rotation. You know what? I think I'm going to do that. I'm going to go back to the starting pitching well here. Okay. And I'm going to take Dennis Martinez as my last starter. So I am totally done with starting pitching. He's a guy that played a good chunk of seasons for the Orioles in our sort of time frame here in the all Earl Weaver draft. His war was a little bit underwhelming, maybe 8.8 kind of in those 10 seasons that we're sort of counting here. But I think he's the next best available starting pitcher. So I'm going to grab him, and I know right now, despite not getting Jim Palmer, I feel very good about my starting rotation. Dennis Martinez, the first Nicaraguan player in MLB history. He was hurt by his last three seasons in which he had an ERA over five, but Dennis Martinez, another very good Oriole. Yeah, and I think he is pretty far and away the the better pitcher available at this point. I think he kind of ends the middle tier of pitchers that were available in these later rounds. So I think it's a good pick. Yeah. All right, Brendan, who are you taking here? This one, I am going to stall until I figure out because (laughs) there are a few different players available. To help you stall, let's let's read through our rosters. How about that? Oh, that's perfect. Thank you so much. You're welcome. All right. For me, my roster currently constructed first base, Boog Powell, second base, Davey Johnson, Third base, Rich Dower. Shortstop, Bobby Gritch. Center field, Merv Rettmond. Right field, Frank Robinson. DH, Reggie Jackson. My starting pitchers are Jim Palmer and Mike Boddicker. Brendan. Yeah. Catching, I've got Rick Dempsey at first base, Eddie Murray. Second base, Don Buford. 
shortstop Mark Belanger. My outfield is complete with Don Baylor, Al Bumbry, and Ken Singleton. And then my starting pitchers are Dave McNally and Storm Davis. Love it. And Tim? For me, I'll start with my first baseman, Doug DeSensei. Then at short, I got Cal Ripken Jr., third base, Brooks Robinson. My outfield is now fully complete. Left to right, it's Gary Renneke, Paul Blair, and John Lowenstein. And then my starting pitchers are complete now, too. Mike Cuellar, Scott McGregor, Mike Flanagan, Dennis Martinez are my four starters. All right, Brendan, has that given you enough time to make your final decision? Well, frankly, it hasn't, but (laughs) I'm going to make a decision one way or another here. And... I don't think I'm quite ready to dip into the relievers when I have only two starting pitchers on my team at this point. And I think both Paul and Tim have me beat when it comes to starting pitching production. So I think I need to bolster that as much as I can. So I'm going to reach a little bit on a guy who did not start a lot of games in Baltimore, but the games he started were very good production. And that's going to be Pat Dobson only had 73 starts with the Orioles. But in those 73 starts, he had a 278 ERA. Those two seasons with the Orioles includes an all-star game. So even though it's not a lot of production, Pat Dobson is going to be my selection here because the seasons he did have were elite production. Yeah, he was very good. Won 20 games in 1971. Uh, he was part of the trade with uh, Davey Johnson, Johnny Oates, that uh, brought back Earl Williams. Uh, that all-star game that you mentioned. Yeah, Pat Dobson, I think, was the next pitcher on my board. Was he there for you as well, Tim? Yeah, there are a couple guys that I think you could have gone with as well, but I, I probably would have gone Pat Dobson next. So I think, Brendan, because, like you said, you're maybe a little bit behind in volume of starting pitchers, that's a good pick there. All right, gentlemen. Uh, I am next here, and a couple different ways I could go in terms of positions. I need a catcher, I need a left fielder, uh, and I need uh, two starting pitchers and two relievers. So I'm going to go ahead and jump right into the reliever market and take the best reliever on this board, and that is going to be Tippy Martinez. 105 saves from 1976 to 1986, 7.7 war. Now, he was part of that Rick Dempsey, Scott McGregor, New York Yankees trade, that massive one that ended up creating a a open championship window for the Orioles for several years. Uh, And he is best moment in Baltimore, probably the three pickoffs in one inning in 1983. A great reliever. I know the numbers are not incredible when you compare them to relievers of today's day and age, but it was a different position back then. And Tippy Martinez was at the top of his game uh, as a closer. Guys, what do you think of this pick? I think it's a good pick, especially when you're looking at saves. But Tim, I had a different reliever higher on my board who had a higher war in about 200 fewer games. So was more productive in less games played. How about you? I also had that said player a little bit higher, but I will say I didn't really want to take a reliever first because I felt like that said player and Tippy Martinez are pretty similar in value. So it's kind of tough for me to justify taking one when you've got two that are pretty similar there, but we had to take a reliever at some point. And I think this is sort of the appropriate time to start dipping into it. Yeah. All right. Uh, Well, I have 
a hole in left field, and uh, I don't want to go back to starting pitcher because I feel good about Jim Palmer and Mike Boddicker at the top here, and I'll leave Brendan some of the remaining starting pitchers out there. So I'm going to go ahead and take a left fielder here, and I'm going to take Mike Young. 1982 to 1987, played left field, right field, accumulated 6.4 baseball reference war, hit 28 homers in 1985. And look, as we go down this draft, what we're learning, I think, quickly and doing the prep for this is there were guys that manned positions for so long in Baltimore that the depth of this draft is going to decrease dramatically in the final few rounds. So there was a huge drop-off, as I'm sure Brendan will experience at third base, and I'm, I'm ex- going to experience in the outfield here in catcher because there were so many good players who were there for 10 or 15 years. So, you know, Mike Young, not exactly a very memorable player uh, with the Orioles, but was productive. So he's going to be my starting left fielder. Yeah, the, the left field is getting pretty thin. So I think this is the appropriate time to take one. All right, Brendan. No doubt there. Who's up for you? Ooh. Yeah, another another interesting pick that I am stalling as I am trying to figure it out. <laughs> I could either, I think at this point, go DH. There's not really a starting pitcher that I like. So I could go with a DH, or I could go with that reliever that, Paul, that Tim and I, excuse me, teased before. And I think... As I am thinking, this is you know. I am going to go. This is this uh, is you from from the all Camden Yards yeah, draft. And I'm not going to take as much time as you did, Paul, and I'm not going to let you interject <laughs> because I'm going to go with Sammy Stewart. Is going to be my selection, and he is going to be my first relief pitcher. He's the relief pitcher that I thought you might take, Paul, as the first reliever went off the board. He did not have the number of saves that Tippy Martinez had. He only had 42, but he had a much higher WAR overall. The ERA was pretty similar, but Sammy Stewart, I think, might have been the better overall reliever, even though he was not used in that save role. So Sammy Stewart is my selection here. A guy You've that... done it again, Brendan. Yeah, you have. You've taken the guy that I was going to take. I'm pretty bummed about this, but go ahead, Paul. Uh, no, interesting. I mean, not a a exactly the cleanest uh, you know clubhouse guy when you're talking about uh, players here. Uh Sammy Stewart spent some time in jail after his uh, career as a baseball player and unfortunately passed away a few years ago. So, I mean, it's an interesting pick there, Brendan. I mean, in terms of production alone, he was a starter and a reliever, um, but you're, you're taking a, a, a pretty productive player who was a, kind of a goofball on the field there for, uh, for your first reliever, and that leaves Tim with back-to-back picks. Yes, and I won't do the Brendan and say I'm stalling and and take too long, but I kind of want to do that because I am candidly very much stalling in this spot here. But man, I will um, I'll go catcher here and I'll start to dip into that. I know Paul and I are in a similar spot and there are kind of two catchers that are pretty similar tier, but I think one of them is a little bit better than the other. Yeah. And I'm worried Paul will take him if I don't take him with this selection. So I will take Andy Echebarren here, who was a two-time World Series champ behind the plate. Just shore up that catcher spot that is still a hole. Um, had two all-star seasons that came right before his time with Earl Weaver that we're not counting, unfortunately. But I think he's still clearly the second-best catcher because I guess Brendan could even take him as a DH as well. I just wanted to make sure I grab him. So what do you guys think about that? Yeah, that is smart. I mean, 
was very good at throwing out base runners at a time when guys would attempt more stolen bases. During this time frame, he threw out 46% of would-be base dealers. Now, those two all-star seasons that he had in his career came before Earl. And maybe best remembered for something he did off the field, which was pull Frank Robinson out of a swimming pool when Frank Robinson was drowning because he could not swim. One of the craziest stories <laughs> in Orioles history, he saved the MVP and a Hall of Famer from drowning. That was his best save of the of the season. Um, and, you know, so a, a, a fascinating story of a guy off the field as well and unfortunately passed away just a couple years ago at the age of 76, Andy Atchebarron, a very, very good catcher right behind Rick Dempsey in my mind as the best catchers of this draft. What do you think, Brendan? Yeah, I mean, when I was stalling, I was trying to figure out whether I was going to take Sammy Stewart or Andy Echebarren. And the reason I went with Stewart was because Echebarren was a little bit better defensively than he was offensive. He was good all around catcher, but a lot of his value came defensively. So if I was going to put him at my designated hitter spot, it didn't make as much sense, which is why I opted for Stewart. But Echebarren was almost my pick. All right. Now, Tim, you have another pick here, correct? I do, and I appreciate you guys allowing me to stall here. You guys <laughs> taking some time so I could figure out my next pick. Pretty torn on this one still, but I'm going to go with Lee May yeah. as my DH here, which might be a little bit of a stretch, but I also I'm, I'm going to try and be fair here and keep in mind that my first baseman, Doug DeSense, is kind of primarily a third baseman. So I want to get a guy that does fill that first baseman slot as well. And I just think his top-end production is about as good as I'm going to get for the DH position right now. I mean, he finished ninth in the AL MVP voting in 1976 at 25 homers that year. So only played from 75 to 80, but I feel like he's a good designated hitter to get. Yeah, I I don't know about you, Brendan. I I, I think that you can move Doug DeSensei if you wanted to to second base. Because he did play enough games Ooh. at second base. I believe that that is an option. Brendan, are you okay with allowing that to happen? Because that way, Tim, if you wanted to, you could move Lee May. I'm helping you out here. But you could move Lee May to yeah, first base. It. And then have the DH spot open. Brendan, you're not going to be happy with me that I brought that up. No, I, I think it's probably the best way to go. Because that's also what I would have done. I think Doug Sensei played enough games at second where he can move to sensei over there and you won't hear any complaints from me. So I think that's probably the smart move there. Tim, do you want to do that? Oh, I appreciate it. That that's helping me out. And I do think that's, that's the way to go then. I didn't even connect those dots, but you guys have my back there. Yeah, no problem. All right. So Doug DeSense is now your second baseman. You move Lee May to first. Now you can draft any hitter theoretically to be your DH there. Um, or, exactly. or if so, you want, you can keep him as is. And there's a second baseman who is good defensively that I think you'll be interested in later rounds. Should I keep as is or switch it around? I will, I will switch it around. I think okay. that's better because I feel like Lee May's solid at first base and Doug DeSense at second base makes a little bit more sense. All right. Now, Brendan is uh, next up. Brendan, you have a hole at third base DH. You need a starting pitcher and you need a relief pitcher. Correct. Yes, that's correct. And I am very close to taking a catcher and boxing Paul out of that spot. However, I think the catcher available that I was thinking of was not quite good enough offensively for me to justify taking him 
this early as exclusively my DH. So I don't think I'm going to go that route. And you are welcome for that, Paul. I think the route that I'm going to go is to you know you. round out my starting rotation with a uh, with a casual you know Cy Young winner in Steve Stone. Won the Cy Young in 1980. He only had three seasons in Baltimore, but that Cy Young season was incredible. He goes 25 and seven with a 3.23 ERA. Comes in ninth in MVP voting that year. So again, with my starting pitchers. I don't have a ton of lengthy production because Steve Stone did not start many games in Baltimore. He only started 81 in his three seasons. But the production that I'm getting in Steve Stone, he's my last starting pitcher, and he's got a Cy Young Award. So I'll take that in Steve Stone. Such a a weird career highlight for a guy that was not a Cy Young caliber pitcher for the vast majority of his career, but out of nowhere, he won 25 games in 1980. That's the most ever by an Orioles pitcher. You think about some of the great pitchers, a lot of them have been taken in this draft that ever that was an Oriole and Jim Palmer and Dave McNally and Mike Cuellar and Scott McGregor. None of them had a 25-win season like Steve Stone did. So great end of his career production as an Oriole. He signed with the Orioles as a 31-year-old and that one season is well worth a pick here, in my opinion. Tim, do you agree? Yeah, I mean, Brendan just got a Cy Young winner in the 12th yeah. round of the All-Earl Weaver draft. So I, I can't disagree with that one. Yeah, exactly. All right, now I have back-to-back picks here. Brendan, thank you so much for uh, for not, you know, kicking me while I'm down and, and taking that final catcher. So I'm going to have to go ahead and take that catcher now. And that's going to be Elrod Hendricks who spent 1968 to 1976 and then came back in 1978 to 1979 as an Orioles player, but of course was also known for uh, his 28 years as a bullpen coach. So we spent so much time in Baltimore, former Rule 5 pick, was very good in the community, very affable with fans, uh, spent 37 years in total in an Orioles uniform, and was a they hit 375 in the 1970 postseason, so a clutch player as well in the playoffs. Elrod Hendricks was the only other catcher that I would consider taking here, and he's going to be my starting catcher. Do you guys agree? Yeah, I mean, with Elrod Hendricks, again, I wanted to take him. I really did just to box you out of catcher like you boxed me out of third base, but I don't know if the offensive production was good enough to justify taking him as my designated hitter. But yeah, Elrod Hendricks, I think after Etcheberin and Hendricks, there's a pretty steep drop-off in the catchers that you could have taken. Exactly. All right, and then because you guys already have filled up starting staffs, I can go back and wait on starting pitcher, and I can go reliever here. But before I do, real quickly, I do want to one more time run through our teams before we complete this draft. So I will go through, I have my lineup filled out, I have Elrod Hendricks as my catcher, Boog Powell's first base, Davey Johnson second base, Rich Dower third base, Bobby Gritch shortstop, Mike Young left field, Merv Rettenman center, Frank Robinson is in right, my DH is Reggie Jackson, starting pitchers are Jim Palmer and Mike Boddicker, and my one reliever is Tippy Martinez. Brendan, who do you have on your roster so far? Yeah, my lineup is almost complete, but not quite. Catching, I've got Rick Dempsey at first base, Eddie Murray. Second base, Don Buford. Shortstop, the great Mark Belanger. In the outfield, I've got Don Baylor, Al Bunbury, and Ken Singleton. My starting rotation is complete, like you said, with Dave McNally, Storm Davis, Pat Dobson, and Steve Stone. And my one reliever is Sammy Stewart. 
for me, I have, we'll start with catcher. I just took him. Andy Etcheberry's my catcher. Lee May is now my new first baseman. Doug DeSense moves over to second base for me. My top two picks are the left side of my infield. Cal Ripken Jr., Brooks Robinson at short and third. Outfield left to right, Gary Renicky, Paul Blair, John Lowenstein. And my starting pitchers are all full. Mike Cuellar, Scott McGregor, Mike Flanagan, Dennis Martinez is my starting rotation. All right. Well, I'm hoping that one of you guys will not take a starting pitcher and stick him as a reliever. I think for the purposes of this, I'm just going to have to cross my fingers because I'm going to take another reliever here and wait uh, to take uh, the starting pitchers near the end of the draft. I'm going to take Grant Jackson with the other reliever spot here. 1971 to 1976, he was an Oriole in 330 and a third innings during this time frame. 281 ERA. He was an all-star uh, starter with with Philadelphia Phillies before being traded to the Baltimore. And then he was sent to the Yankees in the uh, Rick Dempsey, Scott McGregor, and Elrod Hendricks deal. So unfortunately for Grant Jackson, he was on the wrong end of a trade that ended up being very beneficial for the Orioles, but he was a very good reliever and a lefty reliever for my other lefty reliever in Tippy Martinez. That kind of leaves my bullpen, you know, a little heavy on the left side, but we're only taking two relievers in this draft, so it doesn't really matter. Grant Jackson with Tippy Martinez is in my bullpen. Yeah, again, not the reliever that I thought you were going to take at that spot, which leaves me in a good position because then I can take the reliever that I thought you were going to take there and box Tim out a little bit, who has, I think, yet to select a relief pitcher up to this Mm -hmm. point. So I am going to take the next best reliever that I had on my big board, and that's going to be Eddie Watt. Yep. He appeared in 271 games, had an ERA of 243 over his career under Earl Weaver. I think he is probably the next best reliever. I had him third on my board. I don't know about you, Tim, but Eddie Watt, again, not a guy who saved a lot of games, but he did have 62. He had 188 games finished. Eddie Watt is going to be my second reliever, and I'm feeling pretty good about my bullpen. Now, Eddie Watt did give up a three-run homer to Tim's first baseman, Lee May, in the 1970 World Series Game 4 and hurt it a little bit from the fans. Orioles ended up winning that World Series anyway, but uh, he hurt it a little bit from the fans after that. But still a very good reliever uh, in Eddie Watt. He and Grant Jackson were right next to each other on my big board. What do you think, Tim? Yep, Brendan, great minds think alike, I guess, because this is now... I don't know. I'm losing count six or seven times. You've done this to me. He would have been (laughs) my next pick. And now you leave me scouring for the uh, bullpen options because I'm in a tough spot bullpen wise. All right. Well, you have three spots open, two relievers and one DH spot open. Tim, where are you going? Well, let's see. I will start out by getting my DH that I want here and just totally get my hitters done. And then I'll be focused on the bullpen the rest of the way. I think I'm going to go with Fred Lynn as my DH, which has some name value, but maybe not quite the production that matches the name value. Obviously some of his better years were not with the Orioles. He's a little bit past his prime, but still he was overall pretty productive. And I feel like he's a guy that, is a good enough bat to put there and has a good enough of star appeal to be my DH. So I'll round him out as my lineup or I'll round out my hitters with Fred Lynn as my DH. Yeah. Nine time all-star rookie of the year and MVP with Boston and California. But those 23 homers 
in each of his first three full seasons in Baltimore were impressive as well. Do you like that pick there, Brendan? Yeah, I think it's a pretty good pick, especially when you are just looking at DH. You don't have to look at the defensive numbers. And like you said, the name value is there, even though a lot of the production wasn't with Baltimore. But I think it's a good pick. All right. Uh, And you have one more pick remaining here on this turn. Go ahead, Tim. Yeah, and I have to go bullpen, bullpen to to finish off my roster here. So a little disappointed with how I played this because I think I just missed kind of a window of a tier of relievers. And now I'm kind of into another tier that I don't necessarily feel great about. And I don't know who to take necessarily, but I'll take Wayne Garland as my top bullpen guy here just because I know he did start a good chunk of games as well, but I'll put him in the bullpen. And I think his top end production is probably as high as any of the remaining bullpen options. Yeah. Brendan, was he on your board after these, the guys that we already took in Tippy uh, Martinez, uh, you had Eddie Watt, uh, Sammy Stewart was Garland. The next guy for you. Yeah. Garland was right in that range for me with Eddie Watt and Grant Jackson he only pitched in 91 games with Baltimore, but if you're going for that top-end production, I think Garland is the correct choice. All right, Brendan, your next pick. You have yeah. only holes at third base and DH. Third base and DH, and obviously the more pressing need at this point is third base because I think I can figure out DH in the later round, and I don't want to risk, I don't think you would, but I don't want to risk you taking pretty much the only other third baseman I, that I can possibly think I, of taking. I literally can't because I, I, I only, I have uh, both Tim and I have complete lineups, so we can't take anybody. Oh, this is true. So yeah. I can just take my time here, I guess. But I'm going to take Wayne Gross, and I'm going to start him at third base. This one is tough because there were so many good players that played the hot corner under Earl Weaver that they locked down that position for such a long time where other guys didn't really get a chance to be productive at all. And with Paul boxing me out of the third base spot by taking Rich Dower, Wayne Gross pretty much has to be my selection because he's really the only other third base option at this point. But he was still a pretty decent player. He accumulates a war just over four in his 230 games in Baltimore. Was a good off-the-bench utility guy. Wayne Gross, not a fantastic option to be my starting third baseman, especially when you are looking at some other third baseman that played under Earl Weaver. But this is just kind of how the cards fell in this draft. So Wayne Gross is my starting third baseman. It's just the depth of this draft being hurt by the fact that Brooks Robinson was at third base for a million years and the fact that uh, Cal Ripken Jr. was at shortstop for a million years. It's just how it's meant to be. Wayne Gross, 84 to 85 with the Orioles. So very little time actually under playing under Earl Weaver because Earl was retired in 83 and 84. Um, so essentially, you're getting a couple very good seasons for Wayne Gross. He had to be the next guy, I think, on your board. Uh, Tim, would he have been, if you had been stuck without a third baseman, would you have gone with Wayne Gross there? Yeah, he was the next third baseman up for sure. And I appreciate Brendan, although he could have waited to the next round, just going ahead and grabbing him there and and good gentlemanly thing to do at this stage of the draft. <laughs> All right, guys, I have only two spots remaining with my final two picks. I'm going to round out my rotation because I have to. And I'm going to start with Ross Grimsley. 1974 to 1977, came back for a season in 82 as a reliever. 367 ERA in his first four seasons 
uh, with the Orioles, and he came over in a deal that sent my center fielder, Merv Rettenmond, to Cincinnati, uh, and pretty solid starter in this rotation. Not the biggest name of all the starters that have gone off the board today, but Ross Grimsley has to be my next guy, and then uh, I have to complete my starting rotation, and who's the next guy that I have here? That's going to be Tom Phoebus, I think. Yeah. Uh, he spent the 1966 to 1970 seasons with the Orioles in his career with the Orioles, 306 ERA, 3.5 baseball reference war. He's a local guy. And he threw a no hitter on April 27, 1968. Uh, the best seasons of his career came under Earl Weaver from 68 to 70. So I'm completing my rotation with Ross Grimsley and Tom Phoebus. Yeah, Paul, interestingly, you have by far the best pitcher of this draft, but I think Tim and I have you beat on the back ends of our rotation, but we had to do that to make up for the fact that you have Jim Palmer. So you were more than justifiably so able to wait for some starting pitching here, and even those two guys are, are pretty solid ways to round out your rotation. Brendan, your final pick. Yeah, my final pick here is interesting. The guy with the most war and probably best offensive production just has to be my DH at this point. And there's a few different options, but I think I'm going to go with Earl Williams who did not play a ton of games in Baltimore. He only had 250 games played, but he did have 36 homers. He was good offensively. And that's pretty much the only reason that I am drafting him here. But Earl Williams is probably not the most ideal candidate for a DH. He bounced between catcher and first base, so I guess he fits the profile based on that. But Earl Williams is my selection as my designated hitter, and that rounds out my team. Earl Weaver coveted Earl Williams so much, the Orioles traded four players for him, including Davey Johnson. And then Earl Weaver and Earl Williams didn't get along in the time period, only lasted two seasons. But 36 home runs in those two seasons, he was productive, Could have been a catcher as well if somebody wanted to draft him as that. So that completes Brendan's team. And Tim has the honor of selecting Mr. Irrelevant. (laughs) Well, I have a question for you guys. Sure. Mr. Irrelevant. Uh Will you allow me to take Ken Dixon, who was mostly a starter, but did play some in the bullpen as my last bullpen guy here? Brendan, what do you think? Personally, I did not have Ken Dixon as a reliever because he was primarily known as a starter. He did appear in 71 games. He started 53 of those. So you're not getting that many games as a reliever. So Paul, I'll leave the judgment call up to you here. You know what it is. Tim is the guest on this. I didn't have him as a reliever either. And therefore I didn't really have him either, but I wasn't sure where we draw the, like, are we allowed to take a starter and move him to the bullpen? That was my question because I think he's the best available pitcher left and he is definitely more of a starter. Like I have him listed as a starter, Yeah, but I'll I'll, leave it up to you guys. I'll allow it for the purpose because this is, yeah, because this is the final pick in the draft, I'll allow it. But if you tried to pull something like that earlier, I don't know, Tim, you know, (laughs) well, I appreciate it. I, I left myself in a tough spot with the bullpen, so I might be stretching the rules a little bit there, but hopefully uh, hopefully you guys aren't um, you know too upset with me for, for stretching the rules at the end there. But that will be my last pick. Mr. Relevant, Ken Dixon. Ken Dixon, uh, that completes your team. Let me add him here. This is a big moment. 
Paul writing the final name yeah. on this high-tech whiteboard. Incredibly high-tech. Wow. I mean, this is, uh, move over all these touchscreens, you know, like the, 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 the fancy TV people have. This is what we have currently uh, with our team. If you're watching, you should be watching live on Facebook and YouTube. Uh, essentially, complete rosters with uh, every position, including a DH, four starting pitchers, and two relief pitchers. So let's run through our rosters. I will begin things. Going right down the list. Elrod Hendricks is my catcher. Boog Powell is at first base. Davey Johnson at second base. Rich Dower is manning third. Bobby Gritch is my shortstop. Mike Young is in left field. Merv Rettenmund is in center. Frank Robinson in right field. DH is Reggie Jackson. My starting rotation consists of Jim Palmer, Mike Boddicker, Ross Grimsey, and Tom Phoebus. My two relievers are Tippy Martinez and uh, who's my other? Grant Jackson. Are, is my entire team. Now, Brendan, give me... It's been a lot of writing and a lot of names here. Brendan, give me your entire roster. Yeah, I've got the legend himself, Rick Dempsey, catching. Eddie Murray at first base. Don Buford at second. Mark Belanger at short. Wayne Gross is my third baseman. The outfield consists of Don Baylor, Al Bumbry, and Ken Singleton. Earl Williams is my designated hitter. My starting pitchers, Dave McNally, Storm Davis, Pat Dobson, and the Cy Young winner, Steve Stone, and then my relievers, Sammy Stewart and Eddie Watt. All right, Tim. I will begin with my catcher, which is Andy Echebarren, who I took a little bit later as the second catcher off the board. Lee Mays, my first baseman now. Doug DeSensei moves over to second. My top two picks are the left side of my infield, Cal Ripken Jr., Brooks Robinson. Feel good about that. Outfield, is Gary Renicky in left, Paul Blair in center, John Lowenstein in right field. So I have the platoon guys there on the corner spots of the outfield. Starting pitchers, I feel great about Mike Cuellar, Scott McGregor, Mike Flanagan, Dennis Martinez is my starting rotation, and Wayne Gar- and Ken Dixon are my bullpen. All right, I'm going to make my case because fans now get to vote on who the best team is I'm going to make my case for my team, and everybody can follow with theirs as well, but I'm looking at my roster right now, and I'm seeing Boog Powell. I'm seeing Bobby Gritch, and then I'm seeing some Hall of Famers. I'm seeing Frank Robinson in right field, Reggie Jackson as my DH, and Jim Palmer as my starting pitcher, and I feel like top to bottom, this is a very, very solid team. I don't have any glaring holes on my roster as I look at it. I think I have I have very solid team top to bottom, and where other teams I think might have a hole or two, I think I am all the way through the best team here. Brendan, what's your case for your team? Well, I'd just like to say to the good people at home watching, I didn't try to pander to you with some big names. I trusted your baseball knowledge, and I think I drafted the best team that I possibly could. I haven't done the calculations yet, but I would imagine that when it boils down to it, I think my team has the highest war, and I think my team is Base- the best one here. I've baseball games Dempsey. aren't won on a calculator in a spreadsheet, Brendan. All right, <laughs> no, they're, they're won on the they're field. They're the best teams, and, and well, Paul, that's what I have. <laughs> I don't have one-year wonders. I've got legends like Rick Dempsey and Eddie Murray. I've got Ken Singleton, who is a star in the outfield. Al Bumbry, who is a star in the outfield. My worst starting pitcher won a Cy Young. He's rounding out the rotation. I mean, my goodness. This is a team for the ages. Tim, what's your case? 
My case is simple. I have Cal Ripken Jr. and Brooks Robinson, and I rest my case. You guys can't touch me. That's the left side of my infield, and also I got Paul Blair in center. I mean, that's my leadoff bat, and then I got Cal Ripken. I can slide in the middle of my order. And my starting pitching, I started off slow, but I think I might have you guys beat in the starting pitching category of Mike Cuellar, Scott McGregor, Mike Flanagan, Dennis Martinez. Like, who's? I mean, I've got 15, 16 game winners at least in that rotation, a couple 20 game winners, I think. I, I feel good about the depth of my rotation. And then the left side of my infield, how can you beat that? Cal Ripken Jr., Brooks Robinson. I mean, how do I lose with those two guys? We will find out if you will lose or if Tim Leonard, the guest of this podcast, goes away with the victory, which is what happened with Connor Newcomb of the Locked On Orioles podcast last year with the all Camden Yards draft. Connor was the guest and ended up beating both me and Brendan. So it is up to you, the listeners, the viewers, the fans, to vote for who you think constructed the best team of the all Earl Weaver draft. Thank you so much for listening, watching parts one and two of this draft. This has been a joy to uh, to study And I've learned quite a lot, I'm sure you guys would agree, about this era of Orioles baseball, uh, about a lot of the great players that came through Baltimore during this time frame. Some of the best players in baseball history played in Baltimore in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. So incredible names on this list. And you do really appreciate what the Oriole way is and some of the uh, talent level that has come through uh, Baltimore over the years. Tim Leonard, what is your Twitter handle? Is it at Tim underscore Leonard four? Is that correct? You got it. Right on the money. Okay. Uh, Brendan is at Brendan Morty. I'm at Paul Mancano. Uh, Please send us your rage-filled comments if you think we are stupid and way off base with a lot of these picks. There are names that we missed that you think we should have made. Um, I I saw some last year that were, uh, you know, suggesting that I was off my rocker with some of the picks that I made. So going to be interesting to see the kind of feedback we get from this. But we really do want to hear from you in terms of comments, why you voted the way you did, uh, like, subscribe, share, all that good stuff. Thank you guys so much for joining us. For Tim Leonard and Brandon Mortensen, I'm Paul Mancano. And we will be back to talk about more current Orioles teams in a week. But for now, let us know what you think of the all Earl Weaver draft.